Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we did it. We got to Israel in our first post-pandemic trip, and boy, was it worth the wait. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, still riding high from my incredible visit to the Holy Land last week. General manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network and the voice and face of Breaking Bread Oven on Instagram. If you didn't check Breaking Bread Oven last week, if you didn't... Um, shall we say, enjoy or peruse through the pictures that we were posted from the Holy Land and my trip, I'm still giddy, over my trip to the Lechamim Bakery in Tel Aviv, I have to encourage you to do it. First of all, because I'm ridiculously giddy in this video when I am just discussing this challah. And second of all, because, I mean, you can almost smell the pictures. You can almost smell how great everything was, whether it was from the Shuk or whether it was from Roladin, the, the, the Sufgana Yod are out, and whether it was the Chalas. You just, you have to take a deep breath in. It's like smell-o-vision, right? Just take a deep breath in and imagine that you're there because I was, and it's as beautiful and as exciting and as loving and as warm and as delicious as you remember. I had the opportunity to join Nachum on JM and the AM on Monday, just the other day, at the beginning of the week to discuss my uh, inaugural trip post-pandemic. I still don't know if we're allowed to say post-pandemic, but I'm going with it. My inaugural trip back to Israel. Um, as we know, there the, the regulations changed November 1st. So my husband and I left October 31st, landed the 1st, and literally felt like chalutzim. We felt like pioneers. We were travel pioneers trying to figure it out. And there are so many questions in terms of the regulations and the green pass and the this and the that. I wouldn't change it for the world. It was worth every moment of stress and aggravation. Of course, I say that on the other side of this. And anyone who spoke to me before we left was probably like, nah, I think you should stay back at this point because you're a ball of nerves. Well, it was just worth it. It was fabulous. And folks, I highly encourage you to plan your trip. Put it on your calendar. Go back. Go home. Go home. See that it's waiting there for you. And it's literally just like we left it. It's exactly the way I felt. Everything was exactly the way I left it. And I remembered it and the way I love it. And I thank everyone at the Inbal for an incredible stay. The staff is happy to see you. The hotel looks great looks absolutely great, like nothing ever happened. And I think that that's part of the message is that we need to just re-enter life like nothing ever happened. Obviously, many things have happened and tragedies have happened. I'm not ignoring that. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not minimizing it. But we got to pick the ball back up and we got to re-engage in life. I highly encourage you to go home, go back, plan a trip to Israel. What you need to know about your trip, folks, is you're going to have to be patient. Not everybody understands all the regulations, and frankly, the regulations, the travel restrictions are still incredibly fluid, so not everyone knows everything, not everyone is updated, but of course, it's worth every minute of it. If you have any questions, you can shoot me an email, miriam at nachamsegel.com. Frankly, I probably won't know any more than you do, but I'm happy to talk you through what I know in order to be of any help whatsoever. Let's do the fortune cookie. Let's see how on this fortune cookie is today. Well, let's start with the fact that it has a fortune. So that's a step in the right direction. Here we go. Remember the birthday, but never the age. Ah, whatever. That's written by somebody who's old. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's do the national holidays. Today is Armistice Day. It's also National Homunculus Awareness Day. Yeah. 
Can't say I was aware. It's National Origami Day. You know anybody who's into origami? There's some really cool stuff you can do with just, I don't know, the way you crease and bend paper. It's unbelievable. It actually really is art. It is, of course, Veterans Day as well. And it is Red Lipstick Day. Not a trendy color this season. I'm not sure why we're celebrating it. And, um, and of course, I also just want to make mention that in two weeks, in two weeks is Thanksgiving, which, uh, number one, of course, means that I won't be here um, on Thanksgiving. I, I, I don't know what the live lunch is going to be like, but frankly, I'm going I'm to be dressing a turkey. But that being said, folks, you have the next two weeks to stock your local food pantry and do your part to bring Thanksgiving to some family in need. Of course, I encourage everyone to donate what they can to Maspia. We are huge fans of Maspia at the Wallach household. Um, and the great work that, that Alexander Rappaport and his entire team do is really just unparalleled. You can go to muspia.org and give what you can. They will be giving out Thanksgiving dinners. They will be serving Thanksgiving dinner. They do it every year. It's an incredible, incredible thing. But even if you don't want to go that route and you want to do something more hands-on, every community has a food pantry. You may not know about it because, thank God, you don't need it. But somebody else does. Take one of your canned corns that you have in your cabinet or some other canned items or some other dry good and donate it to your local food pantry. I literally got an email yesterday that the town of Hempstead, of which I am a resident, the town of Hempstead is having its local is having its pre-Thanksgiving food pantry drive. And there are a variety of different locations for people to be able to donate, whether you're in Oceanside, whether you're in the five towns. Whether you're closer to Hempstead, it doesn't matter. But I guarantee you, even if you do not live um, on Long Island or in the town of Hempstead, there is a food pantry near you that could use your donations. Please go into your pantry, pull something out, give it to someone who needs it. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I am joined this morning by a an old and a good friend who is actually doing incredible, incredible work, frankly, out of the goodness of her heart. She's one of those people who is taking her specialty and her expertise and sharing it with people that she doesn't know. She's sharing it with people who need her help so that she can help put them on the right financial path. Stacy Zrehan is a certified financial planner, and she has an unbelievable Instagram account called Making Sense with Stacy. That's C-E-N-T-S, and Stacy is S-T-A-C-A-Y, Making Sense with Stacy. She joins us this morning to talk about living a smarter Jewish life. Stacy, good morning. Good morning, Miriam. How are you? I am so well, thank God, and I thank you so much for joining me. And on behalf of all the people you've already helped, thank you. Oh, thank you very much, and thank you for all those nice things you said about me. I'm going to record them to play for my children. Not a problem. I'll send it to your mom. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk for a second about how you got into this, because that in and of itself is a story. So I actually um, have a a marketing degree and never intended to do anything finance-related, although my parents are both in the accounting and bookkeeping field, so I guess it was maybe in the stars somewhere. Um, But when I, about 
about 15 years ago, um, I got a call from somebody locally who needed some help um, putting together some numbers. They were having issues with expenses and budgeting, and it started, uh, I did it for a friend or two, and then I did it for an organization in the neighborhood, and then Achiezer opened, and once they started, um, you know, we started doing it in a more real and important way, and uh, then the Westwood Financial Management uh, Department of Achiezer was formed, and uh, under the guidance of Eliza Wartelski and, of course, Baruch Bender, it really grew to be something where we've been able to help um, a lot of people. That's unbelievable. And you're primarily helping people who are older, who have found themselves in financial, I will use the word distress, or are you starting or working more with young couples who maybe are engaged or have just recently got married and are looking to not make the mistakes of their parents? So it's an excellent question. We actually, when we did start out, we were helping people who were in dire straits, who really had bad issues on their hands, either credit card debt or home foreclosures. And like you said, it was mostly people who are either middle-aged or a little bit older. Um, but as the years have gone on, uh, it has been a wonderful, wonderful shift that we've witnessed, where we have gone from working with um, only people who are in a difficult spot to people who really um, are just starting out or people who want to know how much money they should be spending on a house or how to save better for retirement. Um, and I would say that uh, probably uh, I, almost the majority of our clients at this point are people who are not in any distress at all. Wow. Um, I don't know that they would go out and hire their own financial planners uh, because they're not necessarily in a, you know, in a big league, let's call it that. But these are people who are doing well and who want to just maximize their opportunities. Um, so that's been great. I, I do want to point out also um, what has happened now. That what we've always been trying to do is really to get this service to young couples, to young singles, um, married, unmarried, newly married especially, because we just feel so strongly that it's something that if it's taught young and early on can avoid so, so many problems later on. And um, the OU has a new initiative called Living Smarter Jewish that uh, people are starting to hear about and they will continue to hear about as uh, more information gets out. We are actually, um, the people there are training a, a full team of coaches across the United States that will be available to Jewish families, couples, singles, um, any individual who's interested, really, to be able to go through their finances with them, create a budget with them, help them open the necessary accounts, and really get things in order um, at an early age, which is terrific. That is unbelievable. You know, it, it sort of reminds me, and this is this might be a stretch, but bear with me. You know, we, we have ORA, which is the Organization for the Resolution of Agunot, and they have made tremendous, tremendous strides with our young couples of making sure that prenups are signed before going into marriage. And of course, there are major rabbanim who will not perform a wedding before being sure, being being reassured that a prenup has been signed by the by the couple. And so I sort of wonder if we're now being proactive, not that these two, you know, these two issues are the same, but if we're being more vigilant as adults, as parents, as community members of saying, okay, young couples, you have a bunch of things you need to think about before moving forward. And we're going to help you before 
anything goes wrong. We're going to help you at the beginning so that when you guys are planning your lives and moving ahead, you already have that infrastructure. I wonder if different Rabbanim or different community leaders are now going to start taking the initiative of saying, okay, you're taking care of this and you're taking care of that and you got your apartment, whatever. But let's talk about how to make sure that you can send your kids to yeshivas and put food on your table when you're adults. It's a wonderful comparison. The work that Aura does is really amazing, and it is a great example because if something is taught young, then it doesn't become, you know, a confusing topic later on. And the same way that couples go for chassan classes, kala classes, right. that's just de rigueur. That's part of what happens when you, when you get married, and we are hoping that this will also be a part of that. And I have to tell you, I am loving every second of meeting with young couples who are just starting out. And if you can teach one young couple about saving and realize how, you know, how that plays out later on, rather than speaking to a six-year-old couple who's talking about putting money aside for retirement, it's just a world of difference. So we're really, really enjoying that. And even more than that, I think that if, if young couples understood that, that frankly, they're I don't know how to put this, their almost inability to manage their finances could become a community problem down the line. I mean, we are all responsible for each other and shuls and schools and Achiezer, of course, are doing their part to make lives easier for people who are who are having a tough time in a variety of different departments, including financial. But if we if we look to the next generation of, of Jewish households and we say, folks, this isn't just about you and making sure you're solvent. It, it, it's also about the community to make sure that, that you don't need our help because we don't know that we're going to be able to help you. Absolutely. And even just something as simple as flagging a need for life insurance once a family has an income that's depended upon by their children, by a spouse, is something that alleviates a tremendous burden from the community if, God forbid, there is a bad outcome later on. So things like that and just, you know, all of those questions and those conversations happening when it's not under duress and it's at a young age, I, I've seen wonderful things. I think the couples enjoy it. I think they feel very empowered by it. Um, you know, a lot of people, it's not that finances are not natural to them. Yes. And, uh, and that's okay. I mean, I, you know, eating egg whites is not natural to me. I need somebody <laughs> to tell me to do it. So it's okay to need that guider or that somebody who's going to hold your hand in the beginning. But I've seen so so many couples do so many wonderful things, and I don't mean to just focus on couples. I really have had so many amazing meetings with young individuals who are starting work. I met with a lovely young lady yesterday, all of 20 years old. She's still living at home. She's, she's working and wants to know what she's supposed to be doing with, with that money each month. She has very low expenses, and I, I, you know, people like that can take amazing advantage of that you know, early income before their, their expenses start to build. You're- you're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and we're discussing financial planning and saving and responsibility with Stacey Zrehan. She's a certified financial planner. She's a volunteer with Achiezer. You can email Achiezer. Aliza Wartelski is your contact there, awartelski at achiezer.org, to arrange a meeting with Stacey or with Aliza or with someone else at Achiezer who can be of assistance to you. Of course, you should definitely follow Stacy on her Instagram account, Making Sense with Stacy. That's Sense, C-E-N-T-S, and Stacy, S-T-A-C-E-Y. You know, it's funny that you bring up the, the single woman that you mentioned, and of course, um, there are plenty of singles in our community, 
and not everyone gets married and that is that that's an unfortunate reality shall we say or a reality in general and people have to be responsible both for themselves as individuals and of course if they do get married or when they do get married for each other as spouses and and also as a family but it's funny that you bring this up specifically because i have um a daughter who takes tremendous pride. She works and she's in school. She takes tremendous pride in putting money in her IRA. And it is, and trust me, as you, I'm sure you know, she does not get this from me. She gets this from my better half. And, and for her, it's a massive accomplishment. And she really, it's almost like she wants to give herself a gold star. And she shows it to us. I put X number of dollars in my IRA. And number one, I'm stunned because at that age, I didn't have an IRA. Are you kidding? Who has an IRA at that age? She hasn't finished college yet. But she is so determined to make sure that she is being as responsible as possible that it's literally she it's like she got an A plus on her final. That's how excited she is about putting money in her IRA. I wonder if you're encountering other, you know, young singles who are as determined to be responsible and more than that are as proud of themselves of that sense of responsibility. So she should be really proud of herself. Tell her I give her two big gold stars. <laughs> and that's fantastic. And actually the way I look at it is, you know, sometimes getting married at a particular time is not in your own control. Right. And, and you, ha- you can do your best. You can put in your, your, your own hishtablis. But at the end of the day, it may not be in your control. But at that time, when you're in that period of time, what an amazing mm. power that you have if you're working and you're living at home to take that money and to, to really put it away that amount of money, even a year of salary put away, can be the difference between a, a full retirement, you oh. know, later on. That may be an opportunity that a young married couple does not have the chance to, you know, to build that, that nest egg or that, that retirement account. So having that opportunity, even though it may be a little bit of a silver lining, again, I'm not saying you should opt for that just so you can fund your IRA, <laughs> but sometimes those choices are not always ours, and, and using it to the fullest is really a wonderful idea and I encourage everybody again getting into that habit early of putting away a few dollars a few more dollars because once you start to do it you build the muscle and it becomes a habit and you continue to do it and and I I just I see so many people the most successful retirees in in many cases are the ones who had a little bit shaved off their paycheck and maybe it got matched and maybe it was invested and all of a sudden they're they're retiring and there's a few million dollars in that account and people who lived, you know, frugally and carefully their whole lives really have a wonderful, a wonderful thing to look forward to. That, that's amazing. Stacey, do you meet couples, and, and I don't even, I'm not even sure I want to go this way, but do you meet couples that it's just, it's too late, like there's not much to do to help? Um, so I very rarely walk away with nothing to offer. Thank God. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to Hashem for giving me insights into a lot of different things. So I very rarely turn around and go, really sorry, you're doing well, but can't help you. There's generally something to do. There's generally, you know, always something to do as a next step. Um, unfortunately, the hardest situations are often when it's a single parent and there are not two incomes. And in a case like that, it's just physically very difficult to make ends meet and to, to be able to provide for everything. And sometimes that's when we're grateful for living in a wonderful Jewish community and we're able to put people in touch with the resources that they need. 
but generally there's always a next step. People who are well, obviously there are cases that are beyond control. If somebody is ill or if there's a medical illness and someone's unable to work, those are going to be tricky situations. Um, but when, when, you know, in most cases there is generally a next step and something, you know, something to recommend to, so, to go for. So basically anybody listening now should just, should call, should be in touch. Like nobody should listen to this saying, I'm so far in debt or I'm so old or I'm so whatever that, that nobody can help me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the biggest mistake people make is they go, I know my numbers. I can't, I know I can't afford my, you know, whatever I have to pay for. So there's no point in my meeting. We hear that all the time. Ugh. And Elise is amazing because she encourages people. She'll say, you know, I would like you to sit down and meet. I know you feel this way. And, and I would say so many people leave feeling so empowered, even sometimes just because the numbers are now organized. And mm. if there is a deficit, what is the deficit? What are the options for covering that difference? each month. Um, and I really encourage certainly people who have any sort of debt or who are not natural to this to sit down and even people who are have somebody else take a look, right. um, you know, as an outside eye. It, it never hurts. I, I always like somebody to look at my stuff. <laughs> that is such good advice. You know, I'm also wondering, because I know that, you know, I'm not the numbers person in my household. And I also know that my better half is quite capably is quite numbers capable. So what happens when you sit down with a couple that either one of them doesn't want to talk about money and doesn't want to talk about numbers or neither one of them feel comfortable talking about money or talking about numbers? How do you handle that? So the first, the, the critical piece is that we only meet with a couple. Um, if somebody has a spouse, we do not meet with them one-on-one -on -one and we get that all the time. Oh, my husband's not available, so I'm going to meet with you. Oh, my wife doesn't want to meet. She's working, so just, um, and we don't. We only meet with the couple together, wow. certainly for the first meeting. So all Already, when you have two people at the table or on the Zoom, you've got really you've got you've got a, 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 an engaged conversation. Because even though that wife will say, "Oh, I don't deal with the finances," there's generally pieces that that she is dealing with. Or if a husband says, "Oh, I don't I don't do the spending," there are pieces that he's dealing with. And so having everybody at the same table is the first critical step. There are sometimes there's rarely two people who want to run the finances, except for maybe in my house. Um, but generally. You either have one that steps forward that's a little bit more comfortable or has a little more time. But what we try to encourage is that even though one person may be paying the bills or overall, you know, maintaining the budget, that the budget is created together, mm. that everybody's input is going into that budget and that everybody understands what's happening. Um, that everybody, you know, that both that both uh, husband and wife understand those numbers and why we're making those decisions and what's available for spending and what needs to be saved, etc. And that's and that I think by doing that and by getting off on that same foot, it does naturally lend itself to you know to a successful situation. Amazing, amazing. I, I do want to give a personal shout out to Achi Azar as a member of the Five Towns community. I think that we. I'm confident that we always only know a portion of what they do. And there is Achiezer involvement in so many different chesed opportunities and chesed needs in the five towns, whether it's mental health, whether it's financial planning, whether it's, you know, intervention at health needs, et cetera, et cetera. There's rarely a, a situation in the five towns that Achiezer is not trying to help and trying to, um, just trying to make better, I guess, is the way to put it. And they, so 
Yeah, they are really amazing, and I'm very, very lucky to be part of this team. They are really a fantastic group, and they work morning, noon, and night, and when something comes up, there's just nothing they don't they don't get involved in. Yeah, I mean, as much as we joke around here, and it's only partially funny, that we work from Havdalah to candlelighting, I, I don't know that at Al-Khiezer they could even say they only work from Havdalah to candlelighting, because yeah. that hotline is always, always on. So a shout-out to everyone at Al-Khiezer, and of course, you can find, you can reach Aliza Wartelski and set up a meeting to meet with Stacy to meet with Aliza. It's awartelski at achiezer.org. And if you take away anything from this conversation, you should just know that it is never too late to get assistance. Stacy, I want to thank you because I know you're a volunteer and I know you got this great accreditation as a certified financial planner, as a as an even better volunteer. And um, the sharing your expertise at a, at a level like like you're at with people who would never been able to afford it is really incredibly generous. So thank, thank you, Mary. Not at all. And continued great work on behalf of everyone. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. You've been listening to That's Life here at the, at, uh, the Nachum Siegel Network here at That's Life. Wow, brain freeze there for a second. I forgot where I was. Um, and of course, again, achiezer.org, awartelski at achiezer.org. The afternoon continues with a full day of programming, the live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel. Yep, we're back this Thursday. This, <laughs> this Thursday. I am so tired. This is what's happening, folks. Let me tell you something about jet lag. It gets worse as you get older. The live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel begins in just a few moments. Throwback Thursday is at 1 p.m. JM Rewind is at 4 p.m. And of course, the Arab Shabbat show hosted by Mark Zomik brought to you by our friends at Kedem is at 7 p.m. this evening. Tomorrow morning, JM hosts J, uh, JM in the AM starting at 6 a.m. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Siegel, Monday Shabbos, 9 p.m. Matis hosts JM Sunday as he has been seamlessly starting 7 a.m. Eastern time this Sunday. And this is a song I am currently obsessed with. That is correct. I'm not even uh, I'm, I'm not even embarrassed to say it. Nachum has played it a number of times on JM and the AM, and every time I hear it, I say to him, what's that song again? And God bless him with his patience. He just tells me the name again and again, even though for some reason or other, I've had trouble committing it to memory. But here it is, Yonatan Razel's Hatov. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
Kimi Olam, Kimi Olam, Kimi Olam. 